Got a question for you. How you doing? Welcome to Natch 9000, your podcast from the future. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. Well, um, he's Mark Peacock Brush, uh, bleeding edge insider in the natural product super sphere. You did, you call it, what'd you call me? Like a jockey or a, a jockey? I think we called you a Pegasus of me a Pegasus. natural products. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's winged. I'll take it. I am Josh Tyson. I am marketing maven, salon owner, screenwriter. Uh huh. Oh, there's movement on that, my friend. What? Producing uh, part of the first episode of Sweet Nothings as a short film. Uh huh. In the spring. <laughs> with HBO? Uh, with my friend Brian. <laughs> Got it. And his friend Ford wants to help. He's Ford? A, he's a cinematographer. Love it. We're assembling a team, Mark. Is you, you, can I audition? You can audition for the team. No, I want to be on screen. On screen. Um, oh wait a minute! These are very young people, right? I could maybe a bit part as like a Bowery bum. There's a scene that in front of a liquor store and in a liquor store, you could be in there, you know, fighting for a forty or something. If I do that and become part of SAG, mm-hmm. can I get benefits? That's not a question for me. No, of course not. You're just the producer. And I think you need a, a speaking role. In order to... Well, you got to give me a line then. Well, let's... It all depends on you. Hey! We're going to bring... We're gonna, it's going to be a very positive, uh, propulsive experience. Can't have you unnecessary nitpicking. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm pulling for you, man. Oh, I can tell. You've got like two minutes free. I don't think this is happening. <laughs> no, by then the home remodel will be winding down. Bullshit. Perfect timing. Just wait and see. Uh-huh. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, that's going to happen in the future. This is your podcast from the future. Yeah, but that's not now. Well, that's in the future. And I guess we could talk about it because it is the future. Well, I think we just talked about we it. We did. Let's move on. I mean, we have so many episodes in between now and then where we can yeah, we leak do. out all the deets. <sighs> yeah, I said deets. <laughs> that is one of the worst <laughs> words you've ever used on air. Good God, you do B game at best. You know what's worse than using the word deets? Mouse meat and baobabs. Holding a Guinness World Record for slicing watermelons on your belly? Let's. With a samurai sword? Yeah, let me see if I can pick this up. Why are you, why are you clogging my neural arteries with this nonsense, Mark? Describe what you're seeing, Josh. Oh, well, I've seen, I watched the video. It, he's kind of like a, he looks like maybe a high school gym teacher in Iowa. Oh. And then, yeah, they speed the footage up, but they're just handing him watermelons and they're, he places oh. them on his belly and then he slices them with a samurai sword and says, hey, he's got a, these are full size watermelons and he's got some sort of protective rubber glove that like holds it in place. And then he just whacks it right into his gut. But he's got no protective nope. sheathing over his gut. Nope. He shows us that afterwards, but he's, he's not, there's no cuts. This is what it takes to get on ABC News, apparently. What did he do, Josh? What's his name? Ashrita Furman? Huh. He doesn't look like an Ashrita. No, he doesn't. I was picturing like a Ken. He cut through 26 watermelons in just 60 seconds. Wow. But you know why I love this story? How do you figure out, A, that that's your thing, oh, and B, a... that there's a Guinness World Record it's category? Silly, right? Mm-hmm. Stunt. Pure stunt. 
right out of the world of advertising and marketing. Great way to open the show. He, uh, um, are you eating a lot of watermelons this uh, summer, Mark? Yeah, I am, Josh. Really? Oh, yeah. All right. Do you salt your watermelons? Sometimes, not all the time. What about pepper? Nope. No pepper? I had some delicious watermelons uh, in the Yuma Valley. You forced the whole fucking thing to your road trip, didn't you? No, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm not going to. i give you like three minutes before this bust, you busted out. Now, listen, the sliced watermelons. You know why this is a heartwarming story? Time and again, there's all these silly, silly crap people do to get a, a, hits, moment, a moment of fame, hits, likes, world records, whatever. The sliced watermelons were donated to a local restaurant. They made sure to highlight that. What a hero. Yeah, 26 watermelons. Hopefully they were able to eat them before they rotted. Victory! The guy won the world record. There you go. You know, <clears throat> I'm con- thanks to Alkaline Vegan, New- Vegan News, I'm contemplating either a, a grape fast, this guy's a watermelon fast, or maybe, what if you blended them? What if you did a grape watermelon fast? And what do you mean by that? Pure- you just drink a lot of water and eat a lot of grapes and watermelons for like a month a month a couple days coffee no are you drinking coffee these days yep yeah you're not gonna do this good but i was able i gave up coffee without any problem <clears throat> yeah but that was before you were a early salon owner i don't need coffee to own a salon that's right you got powdered caffeine you can shoot right up your nose yeah i just snort it uh this dr sebi is getting in your brain no, I think he's ultimately full of shit. Totally, because... But there's, but sometimes you... Re, you know what's alluring about their feed? Is they'll, you know, they'll show you a common piece of produce and yep. just bombard you with all the, uh, the perceived health benefits of consuming it. You mean in the, in the video or do you read the copy? Sometimes I read the copy. Oh, I only read but the But what copy, I like actually. is that... It gives me a better perspective at the grocery store. I'm thinking more about the Whole Foods there it's as... fucking brain worms, man. They are in your brain I, I with don't this believe bullshit. This, I don't really actually believe most of... But you do! It's getting in there! No, but I mean, you know me. I'm placebo uh, prone. Yes, So I even do. if I just believe that eating a bunch of grapes will flush out my liver and, keep, and like help me hydrate, what's mm-hmm. wrong with that, Mark? Nine what's wrong out- with eating a bunch of grapes? Nine out of ten aren't going to hurt you. But let's let's dig in. Which I've, one's going to hurt me? I've saved I've saved a few for you. Let's just evaluate them. I don't see them in the dock. No, because you have to go to Instagram and the saved button. Okay, social media maven pro. Well, I, I thought you didn't use Instagram. Hey, occasionally I go in there and save one of these so we have content for the show. What is happening? It looks like the first thing that's saved no, is listen, uh, Yuto Yuto Horigome. That's you. He's doing a. Textbook Josh doesn't look at the dock, then comes in and bulldozes his way through it. I'm, I looked at the save thing and I noticed that... You okay, I'm going back to the first one I saved. Coconut oil pulling benefits. Oh, dude, I've been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on before we get your reaction. I have a pulling blend that I bought at oh Sprouts. Oh, God. It's great. Hold on. Oil pulling. This is the post. An age-old remedy rooted in Ayurvedic medicine, natural substances to clean and detoxify teeth and gums. You have a beautiful picture of this woman before and after. Lovely mouth. Pristine. But no those chipped teeth, teeth there. Look at how white those teeth became. That's how my teeth are looking because I've been pulling. The instructions from Alkaline Vegan News. Put one to two teaspoons of coconut oil into the mouth. 
Check. Swish for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Spit oil into the trash can. Yep. Rinse well with warm water. Brush well. I believe mine I bought at Sprouts. It's an actual oil blend. proprietary blend? blend? It's got coconut oil, sesame, or no, sunflower oil. Mm. I think there's a little bit of peppermint oil in there. But it's actually quite nice. You just take it in your mouth and it's kind of fun to... Because when I use mouthwash, I tend to like swish for like long periods of time. Let's see your teeth. They're not that white. Oh, well. How long have you been doing it? Um, a couple weeks. I'll okay. just do it like, I don't do it every day, but when I'll, I'll take a gulp and then you just swish for like 20 minutes while you're walking around cleaning the house, organizing, and then you spit out. It kind of gets frothy and then you spit it out. We got to keep it in there for 20 minutes. Good for you. I'm, I'm pulling. Good for you. Oral health. Take a, take a story of your teeth and we can check in in two months and see if they're whiter. My teeth are kind of messy, but yeah. I mean, they're, my bottom teeth are really crooked because I lost my retainer yeah. when I was younger. And these cheap teeth are kind of chipped. <laughs> and they advise against fixing the chips because they'll just re-chip. You could bond them. Just to... bonding my teeth. Come on. You're in the beauty industry. What are you talking about? I thought this would be right up I'm your... also in the inner beauty industry, Mike. <laughs> and that's what really shines through. All right. Coconut oil pulling clearly has a critical third thumb up from Josh Tyson. Oh, yeah. I'm back in it. Wait a minute. Oh, I can't go. All right. I'm going to have to do it this way. Next up, this one's going to blow your mind, Josh. Mm. We have been listening to music wrong our entire lives. 432 tuning versus 440 tuning. Why 432 hertz? In 1936, the American Standards Recommended that the A above middle C be tuned to 440 hertz. This was taken up as an international concert pitch. Hmm, I wonder why. Believe <laughs> conspiracy. They know exactly what they are doing. If one should desire to know whether a kingdom is well governed, what's happening here? If its morals what are is going bad, on? The quality of its music will furnish the answer. Really? Confucius. Oh, Confucius. Music based on 432 hertz. Transmits beneficial healing energy because it is a pure tone of math fundamental to nature. There you go. So we, they set the international standard for all of our music and how we tune all of our instruments wrong. Well, that's precisely what Big Frequency wants you to believe, Mark. You know, uh, uh, try this in the copy. Go to the App Store, type in 432 Hertz Player, download it, see the difference. Would you see the difference or would you hear the difference? All music today is pitched to an agitating frequency for the brain. It's eight hertz off. Up. Exactly. There you go, Josh. So um, that, that, if you one, want that I'm kind of healing brain energy. You just got to fight the entire system of well, harmonized Mark, music. As someone who was delivered the tinnitus payload via extraterrestrial energy. I thought, that, I thought you would respond to this one. I can't really just dispute it because it sounds nuts. You're going to have to download that player and see what it sounds like. Think about all the things we take for granted in, in the present, Mark. All the thing, decisions that were made generations ago that oh. we just accept blindly. Absolutely. This could fall into that bucket. Someone told you that wearing those pants would be okay. It would These fit are great in, pants. It would fit in with the social norms of the day. The social norms? Number three. These seem like pants you'd like. They're very big. They're very airy. Yeah. And they, they're like a waxed finish. They're good for cleaning house. Did and you, doing karate in the backyard. 
with yourself. I've been thinking of taking up a morning qigong routine. That could be good. I've been thinking about getting do th- a punching bag to hang from the tree. Yeah. Something about waking up in the morning and you just beat the crap out of that thing. Hmm. It's pretty good. Interesting. <laughs> oh. Uh, Since you were curious, actually, about my trip to our, our family vacation, at nope. one point I was nope. conversing with my friend nope. uh, Noah's father, who is, I think he's almost 80 or something, but he looks like he's 50. Oh. He, he plays basketball with all of us when we're out there, and he charges hard. He took a he tripped over one of the the Jesus. bases of uh, one of the basketball hoops, and like my stomach dropped. Oh, like, oh my god. god! But he did an expert dive roll, and was fine. He had like skinned his elbow, and that's it. But the shoulder didn't completely just dislo- dislocate, or no? I mean, but he but I found out that he used to box. Better man than me. Ooh. And so I was asking him about it because I, I was thinking about getting the heavy bag going again. And he said he gave it up because it was stirring up too much aggression in him. Yeah, totally. Could I get a little more level in my... Nope. Or are you down a little? Just a little off. I'm very... I'm, you're quite a bit louder than me, actually. Did you know brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hand improves brain health and self-control? Life hack! Does that apply to pleasuring oneself? <clears throat> With the non-dominant hand. With your oil-pulling blend every morning. Well, that has a peppermint oil in it, so I wouldn't recommend necessarily pulling Uh, that pulling oil. uh, Just Just something to consider. Kids are going back to school. Nicole's at the salon. Nothing broke. I got a free half hour. Let me go in the backyard with my heavy bag and my oil-pulling blend. I'm going to swish. And my non-dominant hand. I'm going to swish with oil for 20 minutes while punching the punching bag. And, and punching yourself. And then pounding the clown. That's a, that is a... Alkaline Vegan News would be proud. I think they would. I think they like my regimen. I think that's a smart little... Although, you know what? If you've got an electric toothbrush and you're mm-hmm. just holding it, probably not as much benefit. Well, and did you know you're also, they advise every time you brush your teeth, start in a different spot. Yeah. Because the payload of toothpaste obviously is more concentrated sure. at the beginning and you don't want to hit the same spot. Have you ever seen a young child brush their teeth? Uh, yeah. Isn't it just a model of efficiency and thoroughness? Yeah. Those kids sure do know how to brush Why am their I so... teeth. Yeah. All right. Chirpy or Kermity? Just, I don't know. I like to hear myself. Hi ho! Can you boost my bass? Your bass is quite high. Bass Did you hear? Uh, back to AVN Alkaline Vegan News. One hundred and eighty-nine year old vegan dog. Bramble, a blue merle border collie from the UK, once held the Guinness. Speaking of Guinness records, oldest living dog. How old was she? A whopping one hundred eighty-nine dog years, which equals twenty-seven human years. Get out. Bramble thrived on a plant-exclusive vegan diet. Ate one meal of organic veggies, lentils, and rice every day, along with plenty of exercise. This one seems suspect to me, (laughs) um, chiefly because I don't think dogs' digestive systems are equipped to sustain them on grains Mm. and legumes. You would think. And vegetables. What do you know? You're over there listening to music at 440. Well, I'm just (laughs) telling you, I, I... this one I'm, I'm not so sure about, but Mark, I don't know if you heard the news, but there's a company, they want to hey, make a hey, vegan dog food wait, from lab-grown meat. It's in the fucking story. It's in the doc. Oh, here it is. You're an idiot. All right. 
God. You're it. Or maybe I'm just toying with you, Mark. Uh, maybe. Just trying to get a rise. It's not hard. The war- <clears throat> Do I need to play this one? Let me see if I'm supposed to play it. A lot of these are videos, right? Oh, God. We don't need to hear that. The world's number one food against heart attack, hypertension, and cholesterol. Josh, come on. You're heart savvy. It looks like turds. No. Dates. To strengthen your heart and prevent heart issues. Oh, it went away. Hold on. Come back. Oh, shit. Oh, you soak dates in there. water overnight and That's then it. drink the water in the morning? I thought of you immediately. You and your overnight soaks. Well, I do my overnight flaxseed. Sometimes I put a little chia in the mix. So I'm just drinking a big glass of gelatinous water in the morning. Put a couple dates in there. Who's to say I won't? I actually have a container of organic dates from Costco. Some of them are a little too dry to eat. Ugh. They'd be perfect in a glass of water. Karma. Thank you, Alkaline V. See, this is, the, this is precisely what I'm talking about. I, it's doubtful that this could ever be harmful. Right. Or, so, hel- or helpful. <laughs> maybe it's helpful, though. But it, why not? It's almost guaranteed to be more helpful to me than harmful because I... Placebo. I respond to placebo. You are, I believe in magic. You are going to drop. I see the silver linings throughout your playbook. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to say a word without you just talking. I was yeah. waiting. No, you weren't. I, ga- I gave you a, an immense pregnant pause to speak. Because yeah, I thought you were g- goading me, baiting g- me g- to g- say g- 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 No, I'm done. You're right. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to help you. See what drives if, you. But it, it's going to gonna take your... There it is! <laughs> I know what drives you nuts about this. You're a though. podcast bully. This is what you don't like about Alkaline Vegan News is that all these placebo things will work for me and would never work for you because you, your very constitution rejects the placebo. I, I, am, I am... You're... A, yes. I'm resistant. I'm control. resistant to all therapies. And the less... Legit, they seem, the more I resist them. You're a skeptic, and you'll be a, a yep. skeptic, yep. you know, to your own uh, detriment. detriment. Thank you. I'm giving you pauses, and you're not taking them. Killer. It's like we do this every week. Every month. Hi, I'm Dr. Emoto. I conducted studies with water droplets where I would write and say love and hate on various containers of water and then freeze it and examine them with a microscope. Wow. Because I'm not a real doctor. I discovered that water, which was sent love and positive emotions, would freeze in perfect, sacred, geometric, symmetrical shapes, whereas water that was sent negative emotions would be blurry and unsymmetrical. I proved our thoughts can change the molecular structure of water. And you know why this is important, Josh? Our bodies are over 70% water, according to Dr. Emoto. Well, see, I'll tell you what, Mark. Uh, that very ratio, to me, um, applies to uh, astrology and why I think astrology has merit and consequence. Because if you think about this, Mark... You and Dr. Oz... Your body is 70% water, correct? I don't... I don't one, I don't believe that. I'm not sure about that. Your body is 70% water. The like planet is roughly like the same more. ratio. The planet is also 70% water. And think about, Mark, tell me what the moon does. Quick fact check. Mark, what does the moon do to the water on planet Earth? A quick fact check. Water is of major importance to all living things, and some organisms, up to 90% of their body weight comes from water. Up to 60% of the human adult body is water. 
All right, if you want to quibble 10%, Mark, I still need you to answer yeah. my question. Just It's just indicative of sloppy journalism what happening does the, What does the moon... Alkaline vegan news. What does the moon do to the water on Earth? It pushes and pulls. It yins and yangs. It, it creates, ebbs and flows. It creates weather that, that uh, eh. dictates our existence in many ways. So think about this, Mark. When you're conceived and then gestating... Inside your mother. Don't need the visuals. And your, your water. Where I'm the, not water. Just think about where the celestial bodies are and the gravitational forces that are at play, the different angles and poles. That's going to affect your brain development even, you know? That's why it makes sense that when you meet so, Scorpios, they are very much Scorpios. You sound very smart right now. You're not a Gemini, though. What are you? I'll give you one guess. I'm not, I'm not good with astrology. I'm just saying I think that... It's silly to discredit it. And I, you know what? This seems crazy, but who the fuck knows? Negative energy has real impacts. Why? Maybe it does disturb water. I mean, look, I'm with you, Dr. Omoto. <laughs> look at these pictures. Imagine John Lennon, spelled L-E-N-O-N. It's a very symmetrical, pretty. Gracias. Hmm. Oh, look at that. Look at that shape. Then look at those two at the bottom. What are those? Heavy metal? All right, that's kind of horseshit. Was that listening to heavy metal music? Heavy metal is very similar to yeah. classical music. It's See? louder. Dr. Omoto. All right. Did you watch this uh, skate sash here? Uh, no. Yuto Horigo, Horigome. He's a skateboarding sensation. This is not Alkaline Vegan News. Out of Japan. I know. I don't know why I saved it to our thing. Right, but he's I'll... known, you know, he, he just. Yeah, why do we follow this guy? Because oh. he's an amazing skateboarder. Ooh, he just wiped out in the pool. I think he's more known for his street skating, but he's attempting some rather difficult things, like he's blasting around a square corner in a pool. And then look at him here. Boom. Rides that wall. And he does like this little... Right through the debris. Oh, that's, a, that's great. Front what a side 5-0 stall. That's exciting. Front side 5-0. When can I send my child over here to learn how to skate? I mean, I think I've told you. Anytime, yeah. anytime, anytime. How are the boys at skating? Pretty good. Elias is getting is making improvements because he's more into it. Like when, well, what when it's just Elias and I, we'll go to the skate park and hang out for a few hours. Ari's good for about twenty minutes. But like, what they can get up there, ride, and do stuff or not? Um, yeah, they can both ollie. Elias is getting oh. pretty good at ollieing. He can he can carve around in some of the bowls at the Denver Park. Okay, well. Harper can't do that. Oh, can't do that yet. Yep. Why don't you be- show some faith? Believe in your child, Mark. She can do it. Okay. A whole league of up-and-coming uh, female skaters to inspire her, too. <laughs> a whole bunch of dirtbags out there. What? No, there's like a, a big rise right now in, in oh. like female skaters. Really? Like making a, making waves. Oh my god! I just getting shoe deals. Imagine the Me Too movement in the skate culture world. Ooh, that's got to get be ugly. Well, you know what's funny about skateboarding is, in many ways, it's so progressive, right? For many years, it was guiding fashion, but culture, but but they there was kind of this bro streak to it. It's a whole huge bro dick. Mm. Well, poop humor. It took until like a few years ago for a pro skater to come out as openly gay. Because is it is it all because of Carney? Did he set the tone with his? Well, Carney, when he was at Big Brother, they they interviewed 
a, a, a pro skater who was gay, but he wasn't like... No, no, I meant with No the one whole... knew who he was. It was this guy named Jared... Piss and poop humor. Oh, what was his name? Boom. No, I think Dave's always been a voice of inclusion and... I can see that. Common sense. But it, but it just... Is that your phone? <laughs> I guess. That was weird. It sounded like rustling yeah. in the leaves. Or is it me? No. I mean, it's just if, if the dominant voices are talking about dicks and balls all the time, mm-hmm. it's hard for yeah. a young girl to aspire to. But I'm, t- I'm here to tell you that things are starting to change. I, I, I believe it. And it's, it's very nice to see. I'm waiting for the Me Too mo- moment that takes you down a notch or two. What? <laughs> I don't know. You think I'm going to get rolled out? <laughs> like, this guy wrote an article about duct taping 40s to his hands and it made me feel real bad. That's a stretch. It's a stretch. You know what else is a stretch? I was way too prude to ever... Let me give you another stretch. How about a poll? The, sh- the chicken diapers of Instagram. Oh, okay. Back to medium. Nearly 1% of households in the country's biggest urban areas like New York, Denver... Denba. This is a... Non-disco? How did we get in there? In Los Angeles, keep chickens, according to study. These urban and suburban hobby farmers are bringing their chickens into their homes. That's not a good idea. Buying them specialty food and taking them for walks with their dogs. Bring some salmonella into the house, some even, E. Coli. Even people without deep connections to the poultry world want chicken diapers so that they can take their chickens and you got to get that phone away from there. It. Just don't worry about it. Just talk. They can take their chickens indoors. Baker, somebody, currently sells 500 to 1,000 diapers each month, retailing for $18 a piece. So they're, they're reusable diapers? You rinse them out? Oh, interesting question. There's several approaches. Some kind of it's of the just only a, question. Well, some of it's a thick material you just wear for a day and then wash. Some of them have a liner. Some of them are just kind of ghetto and say, put this on, but stick a paper towel at the bottom. Because a chicken doesn't pee separate from its poop. It's oh, all just a pee poop. It's a, it's a stream of, of liquid It's just a piss paste, poop. Paste. Yep. Uh, we, quote, we spend an insane amount of money. We thought we'd feed our chickens leftovers, but we end up, they end up, end up eating grilled salmon, steak, fresh lettuce, and organic watermelon. Two, two points to be made here, I think. One. Well, I mean, Ashrita could have donated his spent melons to this to lovely a chicken farm. Chicken hobbyist in San Francisco. Two things. One, are we witnessing the, are the chickens pulling a dog on us? No. No. I don't think so. A firm no. Well, I, I had a friend. Domesticating, charming it up, getting all cute with us because people are dolling them up. They're putting little costumes on them. I had a friend who had chickens and I was interested in chickens and was asking her all sorts of questions about chickens. And like, was it hard to harvest these chickens that you'd spent so much time with? Did you get attached to them? And she was like, oh. What, the chickens? She just kind of was like, no, they're, they're pretty dumb. Like, they don't have a ton of personality. Interesting. But that also, the flip side of that is that they make a, a ready blank canvas for whatever you want to project onto them. That's my point. Ten years from now, if, if yeah. all of her neighbors are buying diapers for him, she might change her tune. Be like, oh, I should give him another chance. It's possible. So, Mark, another part of my... I have so many grand designs. This is probably... Oh, right as we wrap up production on Sweet Nothings, the short. How short is a short? Sorry, that was loud. 
Well, I'll tell you, I got a strategy. Yeah. So, you know, I wrote, I wrote a treatment that was like eight pages. I'm like, oh, a little eight minute. You did a whole eight, the whole story in eight minutes? Because no, I only read just, the first It's just three. a scene, but it's, oh. it's that kind of the pivotal scene in the first episode where they're riding in the car together and uh, listening to that Return of the Mac and he's making fun of her and then she rolls down the window and her hair starts coming out. Right. I mean, that's a stirring visual. But <laughs> no matter how you slice it. Uh, but <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, the next scene is him shaving her head. Ah. So it's pretty much those two scenes, but we added a scene where she takes him to the liquor store. Oops. You got to get 40s in there. Keep it authentic. And then at the end, I've, I've, something new that I've just added on, on my trip. I remembered that when my friend really was sick with cancer, I was reading Aldous Huxley's book, Island, huh. where this journalist like sort of crash lands on this uh, sort of like a peacenik island where everyone like uses psychedelic drugs as therapy. And there's all sorts of crazy stuff happening there. And I remember there was a uh, part in that book where this lady was describing like a form of meditation that is supposed to give you more control over your mind so that you can harness its power. During a cancer story, I'm mm-hmm. going to gargle, huh? Mm-hmm. And so in the book, she, I think the person was reading it to a sick woman or like trying to impart that. And so I was, I remember you're reading, going, you're going too deep right now. Well, I just remember reading, nobody, nobody reading her this thing. Like, can you try, try and picture this bird? God, you're a bully. Huh? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that, that's, that's it. That's it. Put the microphone in front of you and you just can't shut up, can you? All right, fine. <laughs> Once, once production is wrapped, <laughs> I got to get rid of that tramp. We're going to put in a half pipe, uh, right. but on one, on the, the back of the half pipe that faces the house, I want to turn the interior of the deck into a little coop. Oh, nice. And then have like an enclosed area with chicken wire around it so they don't get eaten. I'll know what to get you for Christmas. I'll buy you some no, diapers. No, that's the thing. I don't need diapers because you, if you give them a focused area to graze, you can collect their poop and use it for fertilizer. You're going to have way more than you need for fertilizer. I've one. got a compost thing. I can stir it in there. You're going to need more than that. I'll, I'll give some to you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll give you bags of chicken poop. You're still, what are you going to, you're still going to need the diapers when you want them to cluck around the house all day long. They're not going to come in the house. Oh, yeah, they are. No. Oh, yeah. No. A little, uh, little. Uh, That's how people get sick, handling birds too much like little that. Come y- on. Utori, the, what's the guy's name? I don't know. Some, some cute little chicken, you're going to give him a skate name, and he's going to start coming in the house. You're going to teach him how to ride a skateboard. Oh, yeah, I see it now. If I could get my chickens to skate the half pipe that they live in, that would be pretty cool. Like, look at this guy. You got to check the dock. That guy's wearing jeans. It doesn't look like jeans. Huh? Th- those are, that's a denim diaper. I guess it is. Well, that could be like a handkerchief print, an indigo. I, I, I actually did the work here, so I can tell you that's denim. That is great hair on that chicken. So one, I think you're domesticating the chickens, trying to turn them into pets. TBD. Nah. Two, the more obvious reason for this trend, and this is a quote from the story, I think it's totally... A strong a- economy. <laughs> I think it's... Maybe. I think it's totally a way just to make your Facebook page look funny and cool. It's a way to get a lot of instant likes on Instagram. Interesting. Life. These funny little niche products as marketing fucking tools. fucking media. But that makes sense. This vortex that we're headed towards, Mark... Yep. Called the future. Settle down. Where there's less and less work for us to do and we just become these weird content mills marketing things to one another. 
You know exactly what? where this fits in. So for your theory to hold, what we really need, you should be a strong advocate for the, uh, what's it called? Universal income or? Bitcoin? No. Everybody get guaranteed wage for everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody gets X amount of dollars per year. It's a livable amount of money and you don't, you, you, whatever. Isn't that like socialism or something? Well, it's, it's a... I'm sure uh, there's a fancier term for it. There, there are in, the elite intellectuals, free thinkers out there. Oh. Are talking about, what's it? Universal wage income, I think is what it's called. Universal wage Elon Musk. I think it's universal wage income. Bleeding edge, Mark. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg supports universal basic income. Now I'm skeptical. Who really stands to win from universal basic income? Type of program in which citizens of a country may receive a regular sum of money from a source, such as the government. Guaranteed. So basically, everyone's just on the dole. And everyone's on want, a dole. Are, a you, bit. are you free to make more money if you want? You, some of these free thinkers think it would boost the economy. You wouldn't. You, you would. You would help with poverty, which could help with the like skyrocketing skyrocketing drug addiction rates. You have stuff like that. People could get out of the gutter. Sorry. <laughs> So much love in your heart. <laughs> anyway, it's a lot of warmth. This isn't an economics. A lot podcast. of warmth in this room. Moving on, robots making a move. Get ready for your future hat, your UX UI hat, your TEDx design game hat, all your favorite hats. Are you ready? How lean and agile is this solution that you're about to unfurl? The leanest. Founded in 2015, Zoom Pizza. Uses robotics and artificial intelligence to make pizza more quickly. Machines press mounds of dough, squirt and spread sauce, and lift pizzas in and out of the oven in a fraction of the time it would take human workers to do the same. He said squirt. They just raised $750 million from SoftBank to outmaneuver Domino's and Pizza Hut. Robot pizzas. You'd think that Domino's and Pizza Hut would be scared about this, but I don't think they need to be because Zoom... Awful close to Zune. <laughs> right. You know, right. the failed Microsoft MP3 player. Well, so I read, I, I'm aware. <clears throat> this is horse shit. I read the, uh, what is this, Business Insider? Somebody. The review of the pizza was, for a long time, they had humans making the dough, I think. There was, some, But they've now automated that. And the person said the crust was kind of soggy. Of course it is. You need TLC. You need that human touch. There was, there's still a few people in the system, but then you look at that machine. That's doing most of it. See, I'm not, I'm not in. I'm not on board with this. But they stick this machine in like a big giant food truck, and so it's just roaming around. You order the pizza. It, they remember who you are, what time of day you like to order it. You get it in like four minutes. Is it a self-driving food truck? Not yet. I believe... God. Um... What the fuck was that? I think it's just loud in my ears, maybe. I don't know. I think they cook... You know, you're an aficionado of uh, cooking pizzas. I think they do it at 800 degrees for like one minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, like wood-fired pizzas that you get in a clay oven or a brick oven. Usually yeah. trying to get temperatures like that. Yeah. But one minute, that's pretty... pretty I quick. remember when... I think it was when you and I both worked at Dining Out. There was an interview we did with a chef in Miami who had some sort of pizza restaurant and he prescribed, he was actually telling people that if they wanted to make the best pizza possible at home, the way to do it was to dismantle the locking mechanism on your self cleaning oven so that you could turn it on self clean mode, but still open the door. 
Because when you put it on self-clean, it gets up to like 800 degrees, not 700, 800 degrees. Is that all it does? Yeah, it just gets so hot that all the debris, all, everything in there just incinerates. Oh, there's no, there's no, I guess there's no liquid or chemical coming in, no. No. I mean, huh. you, you can buy stuff to spray on as part huh. of that process, but... So if you disable the safety guard, you could open the oven and just throw your pizza in while it's on clean mode. That's great. Uh, <laughs> well, so's that. G- good anecdote. The one thing that I really liked, though, look at this. It only would take a minute or two to cook is my point. Son of a gun. So a human packages the order in an untraditional pizza delivery box made from sustainably farmed sugarcane fiber. But look at, look at this. Look at the bottom of it. Oh, sloped ridges and a recess in the center to force the liquids to pool down there so they don't touch your pizza. Wow. Although, you know what? That's cool, but I don't really have a problem with pizza Well, I juice. hear their crust is soggy anyway. Yeah, but like if you got a pizza delivered, it's not soggy. Not usually. Oh, but that's why they have that little tent, but that's to keep the top. I like the packaging. I like sustainable, better packaging Uh options. Uh Everything else can take a flying fuck at a rolling donut. Okay, you're not worried about that one. How about this one? A a $25,000 robot barista can make more than 100 drinks an hour, including espressos, flat whites, and cortados. I don't see the robot revolution as a problem, 25. Four-year-old inventor Henry Hu told CNBC, barista coffee, robot barista. Can the robot do the little leaf in the foam? Probably a lot better than a fucking human can. Again, I don't know. I think part of the part of the reason people like to go get coffee, yeah, is they like it's a it's a series of interactions. Is that why they like it though? Depends on where you're going. I feel like if you're going to Starbucks, you're like you want something real sugary. That's my point. You want to spike your blood sugar, but if you're going to no. Say Lula Rose, one of the fine. Have you not been to Lula Rose on no. Colfax? Lula Rose, no. It's in an old, uh, I think it used to be a flower shop. Colfax and what? Super hissy. Let me think. Uh, it's don't close think to too Colorado. Hard. It's like, you know, like, I don't know, seven blocks west of Colorado Boulevard. West. On the south side of the street. Downtown, not Park Hill. West is mountains. How long have you lived in Colorado? So you're talking Sprouts area? In between Sprouts and Colorado. On the south side of the street. Sprouts. My boy Zane works there. Is it new or old? It's been open a couple of years. You know what they have on the menu there that's amazing? They used to just do coffee. Now they do toasts. They have a panini press. You can get these really good toasts. They make one with like avocado and anchovy. Or no, it's anchovy and mustard. That's really good. I know you and your trash fish. Doing but see, your, this doing is what I'm talking about. We, I go in there. My boy Zane's working. He's usually listening to like some weird, like loud screamo music. <laughs> and everyone in there is like there because they want to hang out with Zane. There's like a cult of personality. <laughs> okay, so that there's people coming together. Okay, they don't they don't have Wi-Fi there. It's like a place to Ooh, exist and interesting. be. Interesting. So. Oh God, that's why it sounds. So that's the antithesis of what you're describing, which is. Well, just, I, I'm with you there. That that is an experience that can't be replicated by a robot. But there's not going to ever be a talk. robot Zane. There's never be a robot Zane. Mm-hmm. How could you? But to replicate the volume of the industry at a Starbucks. Oh jeez. Oh, you're ideating. I am ideating. I mean, come on. Would you rather have a robot make it in quicker time, or would you rather have to worry about whether that fucking stressed out barista, who's not at home writing their sweet nothings play? How dare you! <laughs> 
You're mm-hmm. calling it a play? Well, play, screenplay, movie. Teleplay. Teleplay. Um, getting your order wrong. Mm-hmm. Burning the coffee. Wow. Come on. A series of grave first world problems right there. Well, I'm saying that the robot can knock that right out of the system. Who cares? Fine, whatever. You just want to strip the world of all its human interactions so we can just lose all hey, valuable I'm not, experience? Hey, I'm not expressing a personal desire. I'm just saying I think that's going to happen. That seems inevitable. If you could get a robot barista to outperform a Starbucks barista, they don't care. I'm going to give you some advice, Mark, as a salon owner. If you're looking for a job... I'm not a salon owner. If you're looking for a career... I am. ...where you will n- likely never be replaced by a robot or a machine... Become a hairstylist. Because you are a good hairstylist, as we've discussed on this podcast, is part, part therapist. But they know, they, they know there's so much information that they synthesize to give someone the haircut slash color service and the experience that they oh. want. Like, it's just too rich. It can't be replicated. Let's just cut to the Machines chase. Machines cannot take that over. Let's cut to the chase. What products do you have on sale right now at the salon? Well, we don't really often do product sales, Mark. I just meant four off. About once a quarter, I'll do a 20% off sale. What is the new line from Kerastas? I believe we talked, we touched on Extension East last week. Uh-huh. That's a strengthening length. That prevents your hair from breaking, which helps you grow longer hair. Uh, to writ. Rutro. A pet food startup backed by Peter Thiel. Thiel. Yeah, I think I was trying to get us hip to this earlier Thiel. in the show is pursuing lab-grown mouse meat, an animal-free pet food startup called Wild Earth, recently scored 450K from tech mogul Peter Thiel, and backing from Mars Veterinary, the world's biggest pet food maker, the company's current products are made with koji, a type of fungus. But Wild Earth has plans to make pet food from cultured mouse meat. Is that the same fungus that the people at Corn were using that was getting everyone sick? Mm, I don't think so. Corn. Corn ingredient. Mycoprotein from... It was like a mushroom-based thing, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe a slightly toxic mushroom. What is... Fusarium veninatum. Also known as koji. Fungus. (laughs) Is it biodynamic? I don't know. Don't, don't send me on that goose chase. <laughs> the idea worries the founders of other cultured meat startups, the future of our meat supply, mm-hmm. who say marketing cultured meat as dog food could destroy its appeal for the human consumer. Well, it is mouse meat, to be fair. I think the bigger problem no is big that it's mouse, for meat. mouse meat. <laughs> I had heard of mouse meat. See, to me, this seems like a, a, a nice on-ramp for people to, like if you start feeding it to your pet... You're like, okay, that's not totally disgusting. Yeah, I'll try a lab-grown sirloin. Hmm. No? Of mouse meat? No, of like fake cow meat. Well, okay. I'm going to put on my food insider hat for you. Okay. There is a long-standing fear in the pet food industry of, of just this. That if you introduce it in pet first, yeah, it ruins it for human because they would never... Why is that a fear in the pet food industry? It seems like that would be a fear in the natural products well, industry. that's what I mean. Well, yeah. that's not what you said. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
I think it comes up around byproducts and it comes up around a lot of uh, the, this organ meat that they're trying to feed. It is your dog is a wolf. Ophal. Awful. Yep, awful. Ophal. I buy, I buy or, or Ophal. I, I buy the uh, Taste of the Wild food for both my animals. Taste of the Wild. I know that it's one. It's the one with like the kind of idyllic nature paintings on the front. Of, Where like, do you get it? A pack of wolves. I go to CG's. <laughs> oh, you shop locally. Uh, you don't? You're buying your dog Costco food, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You just hate small businesses. Yep. Has yet to visit a small business started by his partner in podcasting. <laughs> Can't be bothered to do that. Can't be bothered to support I CGs. I, I came by, but you guys were closed. It was a Monday. I saw it. You really are out of touch with salon culture, Mark. That's true. Very few salons are open on a Monday. I, I don't begrudge you. The it's an industry to day. Take a break. Yeah. Well, you got something else to say? Well, yeah. Well, this whole mouse meat thing. Uh, quote: People who don't have now listen to this quote. Oh, I want you to tell me if you recognize this name. Perked. People who don't have cats think this is crazy, but cat parents think it's super cool. Bethan Court told Business Insider. Bethan Ryan Bethan Court. The Ryan Bethan Court. <laughs> RB himself. Of the of the New Hampshire Bethancourts? Perhaps. Who's Ryan Bethancourt, Mark? He's the guy that has been, has been running Indie Bio. Oh. Kicking off all the food tech startups. He's getting in on it. He's like, I see the... I see the I, he's, it's not the cha-ching, cha-ching, I think. I got my own idea. Mouse meat. You know what's crazy to consider, Mark? Josh? Is that... You know, for our great-grandparents, maybe even starting with our parents, if you go back generations, right, someone would live their whole lifetime in a static culture. Nothing in the culture would change drastic. What do you mean by static? I mean, it, it was largely unchanging. Like the way of life, the cultural norms pretty okay. much stayed the same through, that, through your whole life. We live in an era now I don't know about that, but we'll where see. culturally the world that you were born into oh, yeah. is Rapid change. radically different from the one we're living in now. I'll give you that. And the culture that we're going to die in eventually is going to be radically different from what's happened thus far. And what's happening is all the craziness is coming down the pike. You got so much. So you got to pick your battles. You know, do you want to take your stand against lab grown mouse meat? Ah. Or against robot baristas. I see what yeah. you're saying. There's so much change coming. Like, well, but here's my first response to what you've just said. Is yes. It's just bubbling at the... Stretching at the seams. Bubbling in its gut. Ooh. <laughs> this desire for change. This desire to drop the outmoded ways of living. But we have these last grasp holding on. Digging in the fangs. Trumping it. Mm -hmm. keep, trying to keep it. Rich white man, rich white man, rich white man. Jury's out which way we go, honestly, still. It's a pivotal point. But you would think that eventually the seams will burst. And you're right, you'll have to choose your battles. Or the swelling will reduce. Or you will bust your nut. And in your heavy bag. Do you know what the... Can you name for me, Mark, for two points? The, the single... The most seismic cultural development in human history. What do you think it's been, Mark? Oh, that's a great this question. should be an easy question for an insider. An the Pythagorean theorem. Wrong, Mark. Uh, it's agriculture. 
even more so than technology, agriculture has changed the way humans, how, how our population has expanded, where we can live, how we live. And you couldn't care. You could care less. <laughs> I'm looking at your cat's hot pink tag. It could be our undoing, Mark. Is Scout a boy something? or a girl? Um, Scout is genderless. Oh, that's right. Third gender. He's post-gender. He's, post-gender. he's, he's a sigh. Uh, no, he's, he's, I don't know that he's a What's he? a sigh? Sigh, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? Sigh? Cis. Cis? Cis is normative, right? I don't know. There's something where you, oh, you just don't gender identify. A couple old men. Hey, at least we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> All right, so agriculture, got it. Yeah. I love it, but I don't know. Do you have to pick and choose these battles? Can you pick and choose these battles? Do you have any free will to pick and choose these battles? Not really. You, don't you, can, you can spout can... off about it on air on your little white ball microphone. That mouse meat is coming whether you like it or not. Well, a lot of weird shit's coming. Yep. It's hard to know what's going to... Just, just enjoy it. Actually have claws you know enough I, to... You just have to dig deep. You have to go back. You have to go back. We're back. This fundamental shift between Eastern and Western culture, right? Whether it's religion, politics, economics. This notion that the world is broken... And you're occupying a fallen, shitty existence versus the world is beautiful the way it is, no matter what it is. Boy, are you full of shit. Eastern and Western. No. Yeah. It, yes. The what Western, are you talking about? I'm just joking. Yes. The Western mind, of course, like everything's it's like symptoms and illness. And, and it's all wrong and needs to be fixed. Everything needs to be fixed. Something has to be wrong. You're born into it wrong. It's discordant. You're broken and dirty from the you come out of there you've got a sinful little cock and balls you're already mucking it up yep so i don't know what do you think mark should we listen to some music i'm gonna go buddhist yep let's do it uh how about i think it's pronounced bobey i don't know b-o-b-e-y should Uh, i put this in the doc for you yeah (laughs) b-o-b-e-y don't type this but he's got a new album called siblings coming out august 24th oh wonderful on golden brown records he's an oakland-based cat uh you'll like this (laughs) an actual cat uh he percussive and melodic loops oh love that in odd time signatures using effects pedals it's like shoulder season but with an effects pedal ep5 this is like what you this could be the next step for shoulder season so i want you to i have dropped the fifth ep each ep with five songs each one a masterwork. Chapter one of the Soul's Shoulder Season journey is over. There will be a new chapter commencing. I heartily recommend that you take some Shoulder Season with you to the bathtub. Thank you. Every time you bathe, really. I put it on uh, YouTube so you could just stream it. It's a sonic odyssey. What's the name of this song? One that goes best with Epsom salts. Why don't we now take a listen to Melon Cauliflower?
Foods isn't ready. Is that what he's saying? I hope you're ready for a little more Natch 9000. Uh, I did want to apologize to our listeners though, because we weren't able, we had tickets, everything was booked, hotel was lined up. We were going to do an amazing episode of Reacts live from Magic in Las Vegas. Anyone who works retail knows that that is, that's when people go and make their their purchases for, for the seasons. It's a big deal. Yep. A lot, of, a lot of business being done at Magic. So I'm just going to do one five-point question. If Mark gets this question right, uh, we're going to, on dry ice, we're going to ship lobster tacos to everyone at, uh, at, at the, the first day of Magic. Henry Javits Convention Center. August 13th. So Mark, say you get caught with something that you shouldn't have. Hmm. You know, you're about to get discovered. Where's mm-hmm. someplace you could hide? Whatever it is that you don't want people to know you have. You obviously want me to say up my butt. No, I didn't. I was thinking something that a child might do. Uh, like, you know, eat it. You ever done that? Like you well, chew it up and swallow it? I don't know it? what it is. Is it like paper? Yeah. Oh, I could eat paper. So it's yeah. like, if it's like a, I don't know, like a shovel. I'm not going to. If it's a shovel? Um, if I've stolen a shovel. You're not going to eat the shovel. I'm not going to try to eat the shovel. Okay, but say you, to, say you had a piece of paper. I'm going to put it up my butt. I'm going to try to stash it. 
you had a piece of paper, there's no time to stash it. Would you consider eating it? What would be your, would that be one of your go-tos? Well, as a child, certainly. Because, Mark... As as a grown man, (laughs) Josh, I would, uh, I'd probably crumple it up, fold it up really, really tiny and put it in my shorts. That probably would have been good advice. Not up my butt, just in the crack. I I want you to tell me, for five points, a very public person has been accused of, of doing that, of, of eating a piece of paper, a sensitive piece of paper, a sensitive document in order to hide it from somebody. I know this. Who was it, Mark? This is a charge levied in her forthcoming book by Ooh. Omarosa. Omarosa. About our president, Donald J. Trump. You're right, Mark. Five points. Lobster tacos all around. Let's get the styrofoam coolers out of the garage and Did fill that- them. So that question had nothing to do with retail, and you just thought of something you knew recently. I just thought that story was so funny. Oh, yeah. That he he ate a piece of paper. (laughs) Like a kid. Okay. To hide. I don't know. It was a shoehorn. It was an attempt. I just, I'm missing magic. Yeah, I know. How about Bobby? Pretty good. Pretty good. Reminded me of Andrew Bird there for a while. A little bit panda berry. Yeah, a little panda berry. I guess I should apologize now to... I liked it when he got going. If Danielle Fay is listening, yeah, I know. I we had a, a brief G chat exchange. Isn't it fun when G chat all of a sudden just hops back into your life for an afternoon? I got one guy, Richie Robbins, always trying to G chat you, huh? And I see it like a week later. <laughs> uh, our patron uh, Envelop Media, he and I yeah. G chat still sometimes. Gotcha. My brother and I occasionally G chat. Oh, I'm gonna hit you. G-Fay and I, Dfay and I G- uh, were G chatting. I initiated the G chat because I saw she was online. Trying to lure her back into listening. <laughs> What'd you say? One of her favorite bands, uh, We Were Promised Jetpacks. Do you know that band? I They're think like so. A Scottish. So I, is, I, I, I don't know. Were you going to play them on the show? I said, hey, if, maybe if you listen, I'll play something off their new album. Because I happen to have it. And did she reply? She did. She was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I haven't been listening in a while. <laughs> and she doesn't listen to the music anyway. Well, I, I just got no sense from her that she would even consider Unbelievable. listening to the show again. So I, maybe I'm not apologizing. You're, yeah, you think you have friends. I hope you enjoyed oh, not. Let's all get together. Yeah, maybe. Not hearing <laughs> the new Jetpacks song. Right. And you know what? Instead of, there was no excitement in her reply. It was like, oh, is it good? <sighs> yeah. Not the podcast. Hey, she knows that's good. But the you album. You don't know what's going on with people. That's true. Give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm always willing to extend the benefit of the doubt to a one-time listener. <laughs> One time. Hey, you can't keep them all. The show grows and evolves, and people come and people go. Yep. But some people don't. Some people stay. True fans. Loyalists. I can think of four of them right now. Boy, for like the first half of that little stretch, it sounded like a John Cougar Mellencamp song. <laughs> people come, people go. I could turn it into a song next week. I'll bet you could. Should the acoustic side of shoulder season bring in some interludes? Have there been any vocals in any of the shoulder seasons? I bet uh, there's an occasional... Uh, nope. Uh, Until... So we've, we're talking five EPs, five songs each, 25 songs. Until this last one. All MIDI. All digital. Wow. 
You're amazing. As if that's something to brag about. <laughs> and then in this, I didn't play a single actual instrument. And then this, oh, I did. I hit the keys. And then yeah, this, you, you love doing an impression of me making a song, <laughs> holding down a button. Is shoulder season that much different? Well, a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Oh, I sure. play the keyboard. No, you don't. Oh yeah, you're Chords? using the. You're using the. Uh, what's it called? The app. Arpeggiator? Or no, very well, occasionally there's an arpeggiated track that does some. Uh, oh, I have, I'm developing skills in my MIDI game, but one track. Wait, your MIDI? You have a keyboard that you plug in? No, just through the at this MIDI. Then I don't think that's technically MIDI, is it? Is it MIDI like an external? No, I think there's MIDI in here. That's how the keyboard's registering into the. But it's not external. You're talking to shoulder season. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've got a famous producer. Anyway, right here. one track on the new EP has a has a there's a imported MP3 spoken word. Wait, what was your guitar called? It's been so long I can't even remember what your fancy guitar is called. My Taylor? Taylor. Yeah. See, you know, I was getting it mixed up with Williams, the <laughs> your alma mater. They say something. Okay. Birds of a Feather. Williams, Taylor. You could confuse those. Birds things. of a Feather is a great fish song that they've been really pulling out for the jams. No, we're not this, doing uh, that. But, this uh, summer. Can't wait for fish dicks coming up. What about our recent discovery that your, your college, don't you, how do you describe it as like the finest institution in the nation? <laughs> yes. Has the most sad you know what? fucking mascot I've ever, it's called an Eve. We're the Williams College Eefs, which couldn't sound more like queefs if you tried. No, no slight against queefs, but then the the logo is like a dumpy looking milk cow with its butt facing you, and it's turning over its shoulder to look at you. How is that inspiring like competitiveness? Isn't it usually like the mascot supposed to get people rallied? Did they have... How could you miss this? How could you miss the... Did they have an Eve? Did someone ants? dress as an Eve at sporting events? Uh, no, they dressed uh, as the purple cow. Well, and what was it? How? Like like it, rowing? Like what, what were the oh, big activities on campus? You, Fencing? So Williams is Div 3. It's not. We're not up there with Michigan mm. or Indiana basketball. I think I went to a Division 3 college as well. We are often one of the top ranks because among those little ivies, those little liberal arts colleges tucked up there in New England, they have the most aggressive athletic program. Some real jocks at this place. Oh, yeah. Some real, like, football's aggressive eats. Basketball's big. There is a uh, crew team rowing. Rugby. Ooh, watch out for those guys. Talk Rugby's about dirt bags. Oh, look at you Whew. passing judgment on the rugby players. Just you jerk. seem like you probably rolled with the uh, rowing team. I didn't. Who I didn't, did you roll with? You rolled with. <laughs> I didn't roll with like any. You had no crew? Varsity. Who had your back? <laughs> Nobody needed to have my back. What do you mean? Some. some like, <laughs> For all the. Lanky the, bottle flipping kid from. <laughs> no. From DC? There were no. There, I don't. There were no fights. Okay. This is, this is uh, the intellectual. These are philosopher kings being Eves. generated. They're efeet. I'm looking the for efeets. Uh, and then didn't we discover that a rival college of yours also had a kind of a lackluster mascot and decided to update it? The two closest competitors would be Amherst and Swarthmore. And yes, they have both updated their mascots in recent years. To From like what to the what? The mammoth. Well, one was the Lord Jeffs. <laughs> 
That's a, see, that's a mistake to abandon the Lord Jeffs. Yeah, there's the cow. Come on. It's pretty bad. But the Eve is someone's name, right? Like Ephraim, Ephraim Williams, who Ephraim. was in, 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 uh, instrumental in founding the college. So I don't hey, think... Man, I think what you're missing is that there's a, this, it, there's a timelessness. Fashions ebb and flow. Yeah, we should be the mammoth and have a lightning bolt for our mascot. Fuck that. Better to just pick something that will never we be in style. We got this dumpy old cow and we are going to stick with it. This will never be cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like it's that. It's the anti-mascot. Unconventional. All right. You've, you've changed my line of thinking. All right. And that's that nimble Williams mind at work. Thank you. Just doing a, a jujitsu debate with me. Yep. Knocked me right off my pedestal. The platonic dialogue. It was like verbal fencing. <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing it with you all the time. And sometimes I let you see it. Sometimes I don't. Mm. <laughs> and yet you have no idea. That you're also being toyed with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I, whenever I hear the word Mark. <laughs> you, know, you know a loaded statement's on its way? <laughs> something's on its way. All right, we got three more. We got to do them quick, huh? And the tarot. My goodness. Oh, my God. How long is this episode? One hour, five minutes. We're in good shape. Already? Ooh. All right. Here we go. World in peril. Oh, boy. Baobabs. Baobabs. Let me paint you a picture. Is it a picture of a giant tree with a huge fucking trunk and tiny little branches? <laughs> Baobabs have super thick trunks and branches that look like root systems reaching for the sky. African Bushmen said that when the god Thora created the world, he took a dislike to the Baobab growing in his garden. So he threw it out over the wall of paradise onto earth. It landed upside down and continued to grow that way. The Baobab is known as the tree of life. There you go. Because it can store water in its enormous trunk during the rainy season and bear fruit late in the dry season when other food is scarce. But associating them with life may be temporary. The oldest and largest among these trees are dying. Since 2005, there's this research group. Uh, they are carbon dating these trees. 60 trees, all of the largest and oldest on the planet. To their surprise and chagrin, they found uh, they have died. They all had girths exceeding 20 meters around. They grew an average of 21 meters tall and ranged in age from 1,100 to 2,500 years old. Amazing. All in South Africa. Starting in 2006, their oldest stems, in some cases all of their stems, toppled over and died. There you go. I, uh, <laughs> when we were at Disney World, you, go, you take yourself to Animal Kingdom and they have a safari ride. And they have built, what is it, Bobab? I say Baobab. Baobab. They have Baobab trees there. Hmm. But I wonder if they're actually, I wonder if they're just sculptures of Baobab trees. Have you seen? Can you transplant a Baobab tree? Unlikely. Could you uproot it, put it in the belly of a cargo jet? Have you seen that some of these trees are so old and they, the way their trunk grows is they kind of get whole new trunks. So in the middle, there'll be these empty chambers. People like out in the bush, they'll set up like a bar. You can go inside the tree, and there's like a bar. You could live in a in a baobab tree. Let me see if I can Bow find bab? a picture of the baobab bar. Baobab's bar. If your name was Bob and you had baobab's bar and disco, look at this. Amazing. So here you are. You're about to go in. That's the trunk of a tree. That's the trunk. There's a, there's a little gap to get in, and then when you get inside, what? 
inside the tree. They laid some tile down. Looks like a cave. Yeah, it's a little cave bar. Yeah, I'd live in a baobab tree. Baobab. So I'm going to keep keep us on this positive note. Also, and colony collapse surges among honeybees. After a sharp drop in 2017, that was good news, colony collapse disorder hit more U.S. honeybee operators this year. It's the USDA. Annual honeybee colonies report said 77,800 colonies were lost to the disorder during the first quarter of this year, a 15% increase. Isn't that collapse is usually due to them dumping pesticides? Oh, Josh, <laughs> because I've given you a strike one and a strike two, but is this a strike three or is this salvation? A California jury just last night, breaking news. Ooh found Monsanto liable. They're paying that dude bills. In a lawsuit filed by school groundskeeper Dwayne Johnson, who alleged the company's glyphosate-based weed killers caused his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. His doctors say he is unlikely to live past 2020, but he got $290 million. Dude was a groundskeeper for like 30 years. Yep. Could recall two specific mishaps where he spilled that crap on him really Mm-hmm. crap so i mean he was breathing it in he said i think he would apply like 20 to 30 times per year or was he a groundskeeper for 20 to 30 years well i mean what's anyway so this is the first horrific they have pictures of his lesions oh. nasty and didn't go that deep. his wife he can't work his wife's working two 40 hour a week jobs to support their family okay there's 700 more of these cases already in the court system, just waiting to be. So whoever, who was it that bought? Oh, Bear. Bear. Bear's going to be footing the bill now. <laughs> yep. That's, I Some mean, hey. Aspirin. You know what's going to happen Chemical though? warfare money. This is such a like uh, uplifting, like, oh my God, they're going to be held accountable for this until I, Trump, Trump's going to come along and pardon them, right? Monsanto, pardon. You can't do that. I hope not. I, can, I don't think you can... You would think. Nick's a jury payout. Who knows? Although Giuliani, Giuliani, would, Giuliani, Giuliani would know best. You've got me freaked out now. Whenever I like spray the wasp nests between the fence slats, uh-huh. I always get a little bit of that foam on me. And I'm like, whoa. I go wipe it off. Then I wash my hands eventually. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it too much. You're not like, killing wasps every day, are you? No. I burned through three cans of that while we were on our vacation. Remember I was talking about that basketball game? What? It, when we were on vacation. Basketball game? Yeah. My fr- you brought wasp spray with you? Well, I had to go buy some because one they had kind of like the... the you, weren't, you were here? You were on vacation. You weren't here? I know, here? but the hoop like we have there, they had two of those at the Airbnb where we stayed. So it's full court. Oh. <laughs> but there was a wasp's nest. Like they were in one of the hollow tubes. Mm. that made the back of the backboard, like the support system of the backboard. Gotcha. I emptied a whole bottle or a whole can of that stuff into there. The wasps still kept coming back. Yeah. Then I took some dried catalpa pods, lit them on fire, let them smolder and started shoving them up there (laughs) to burn out the nest. Still coming back. (laughs) Yeah, that's something. Flushed them out with water. And then I went and bought two more cans of that stuff and ended up using a whole, like a whole other can. You were like, these. did you have one with the long spray where you could really just... Yeah, you do it from afar. Like so, a coward. I don't, do you have double slatted fence anywhere? Just the gate. And that's where they go. They love it. I've got 
two big stretches of that. And I'm like, it used to be you just hit them and then they go away. But now you're right. You hit them and they just kind of come back. That's like a Hilton for the wasp. I think it's late in the summer. They're like, fuck it. This is my best chance. Yeah. I don't care. I do kind of feel like I, I do and don't feel bad for wasps. Like I feel like they don't right. serve enough of a purpose for me to like not want to kill them. But it is a pretty brutal. It is. Just like, but I make up for it by going out of my way to be extra kind to spiders and bees. Disappearing Meats, co-working giant WeWork, thinks it can save the environment quicker than Elon Musk. The startup has told its 6,000 global staff that they will no longer be able to expense meals, including meat. That's a nice accent. And... Oh, hold on. (laughs) Nice sound cue, right? Are we live? We're live. Did I read this quote yet? I was, Start reading it and I'll tell you. No, I did a little. This, so they can't expense meals, including meat, and it won't pay for any red meat, poultry, or pork at WeWork events. What's their stance on mouse meat? Undetermined. Um, that their upcoming internal summer camp retreat. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would offer no meat options for attendees. New research indicates that avoiding meat is one of the biggest things an individual can do to reduce their personal environmental impacts, said McKelvey in the memo, even more than switching to a hybrid car. We work putting one more nail in the coffin of cheap red meat. Amen. <laughs> oh, you just blew the monitor. <laughs> Am I back? You were never left. Tomorrow on CRISPR. We're going to end on CRISPR. And Tamar has spell. I don't get to have a reaction. Do you have one? Oh, no, I think that's cool. I was going to say, though, do you remember the movie Never Cry Wolf? Do you remember my common rejoinder at dinners out with adult friends that... If they're eating red meat? Enjoy it while you can. I do. Called it here. Do you remember Never Cry Wolf? Uh, A movie based on a Farley Moat story about a scientist who goes to a very remote part of Alaska... Because they think that uh, he's doing some study on like wolf populations and seeing if they can. I'm just imagining you right now can live just tattoo. off of just off of mice. You ever thought about a face tattoo? No. Okay. But as part as part of the experiment to see if a, a mammal, a large mammal, could live off mice, he eats, starts eating mice. There's a big montage in that movie where he's like cooking mice in different ways. He's like putting them in the blender and drinking like these nasty mouse milkshakes. Why are you bringing this one up now instead of doing the I, mouse I meat? I made a call back to the mouse meat just a second ago. It's not mm-hmm. my fault you weren't listening. I'm trying to create a through line, man. Oh, wait a minute. Where's, uh, I was look. I'm listening to you. Good. What are you looking at? Chief? I, was, I was trying to, who was that guy at your salon with the face tattoo or no, it was up the his head neck. Tattoo? Oh, that was Riley. Yeah. Where's he? What do you mean? He's not here. Not where? On your page, wouldn't I? Oh, those are stories. All right, tell me about CRISPR. <laughs> is he still there? I'd like to hear about CRISPR, man. There it is. Jeez. That's pretty exciting. Big owl. You can get a job anywhere with tattoos now. That's not true. Well, you, well, you can get a lot of jobs with that. Yeah, there's plenty of jobs that you can... There's certain uh, jobs where a, a face or head tattoo might even be a leg up, Mark. Cutting edge hair salon, probably one of them. YouTube sensation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else? <laughs> oh, a SoundCloud rapper. 
There you go. Similar. They all have like face tattoos Perfect. and like rainbow dreadlocks and shit. There you go. Uh, all right. We'll end on CRISPR. Something of uh, keen oh, we'll interest end to on. me. Oh, shit. We won't end on CRISPR. Damn. But you'll be, I, I think I've got a, a question for the tarot that can tie into your right. impending fish experience. Ooh. <clears throat> this won't take too long. Promise? We can argue, but this is Tamar, our, one of our faves. Tamar Hospital. She says it like it is. That's all she does. That's all she does. That's her fucking DNA, bro. Speaking of CRISPR, we can argue about the impact of the genetically modified organisms or GMOs already in our system, modified to be toxic to insects, resistant to herbicides, or both. It's been a mixed bag. Hmm. A decrease in insecticide and our most toxic herbicides on the plus side. Is that true? I've often heard that we had increases in those, but... Well, it seems... I'm going to trust her. It seems logical that if you were She's creating smart. plants that needed fewer pesticides, you could That's, use fewer. But that was one of the counter arguments was like, but what the hell? People feel like they have free reign to just spray them like mad now. And they were overusing them. <clears throat> Don't yeah. know. I'm going to go with Tamar for the... And then, uh, oh, you're going to side with the uh, reporter yeah. who did her, her research? <laughs> she does do who research. Who we know is all about due diligence. In an increase in herbicide-tolerant weeds... We know about those super weeds on the minus side. But the argument against GMOs has never been just about the GMOs themselves. That is about a corporate-dominated, industrialized food system that's focused on animal feed, processed foods, and biofuels, and insufficiently attentive to soil health, environmental de degradation, and biodiversity. Damn. GMOs have been a convenient handhold on a big, slippery problem. Enter CRISPR, a powerful new gene-editing tool that's everything GMOs are not. How so? Why? Because they're egalitarian. CRISPR is academic, whereas GMOs, corporate. The technology is held by universities for the most part, mm. instead of Monsanto. CRISPRs are transparent. GMOs are opaque. It's all sharing the research. Well, for now. What? For now. Come on. CRISPR's cheap. GMOs, super expensive. Mm. We know how cheap it is, right? Remember those... It's frighteningly do cheap. Do-it-yourself kits? Someone's um, making the do-it-yourself do it smallpox 2020 right now, probably. Doing a, uh, a uh, Koji Fusarium Vanitum blend. There's going to be some sort of airborne corn. <laughs> airborne corn toxin. Parasite. Q-U-O-R-N. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, CRISPR is accessible, whereas GMO is proprietary. So she's trying to p position some fundamental differences in how it's coming to market and how it's being investigated, which are true, but I take your point, too, like, uh, well, I think what she's now, really saying is, at core, CRISPR is an Eve. CRISPR is a Williams man. I like it. <laughs> Steeped in thoughtful discourse. It's a, it's a, a bit dismissive. It's a, it's a, dis, it's a, gen, a, a genuflecting cow looking over her shoulder, yeah. asking for you, you to milk her. Um, eliminating malaria with CRISPR mosquitoes? That's pretty compelling. So is mice against ticks. Have you heard about this? They want to... Mice that'll eat ticks? They're doing something to the mice to eliminate the tick problem. Well, there's a new invasive species yes, of Asian there. ticks found along the eastern seaboard carries some sort of horrible disease. Deadly. 20% of people die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buy some tall socks. <laughs> uh, at CRISPR-Con, where she was speaking, we heard about gene-editing cassava... That's a melon. Not a melon. A root vegetable. There's a cassava melon. 
to eliminate... Maybe it's the root of the melon plant, Mark. Nope. To eliminate cyanide-producing compounds, gene-editing pigs to resist a deadly virus, and gene-editing rice for higher yields. Rice crispers. She made a pun. Tamar. There's the potential for drought resistance, nutritional improvements, and removal of allergens. The list is very, very long. So what we're hearing here from old Tamar is if you get smart about CRISPR, we'll understand that it's different than GMO, and if we do it right, it's much better. But will you walk this way? Will you talk this way? <laughs> Good question, because I'm going to follow that up. That was an Aerosmith-laced question. It sure was, and we know she's a big fan. Um, immediately after I read that article, I read this article. And I'm thinking, okay, so, so we're... So you were taking like a big crap. <laughs> so I was saying, if the key here is public trust... Are your legs starting to fall asleep at yep, this point? Fully numb. Okay. That's when, it, that's when you can really absorb information. For at least the last 10 million years, every yeast cell of the sort used to make beer or bread has had 16 chromosomes. But now, thanks to CRISPR technology and some DNA tinkerers in... Malaysia. China. <laughs> How could you get that wrong? China. They're a living yeast with just one chromosome. With CRISPR, single chromosome yeast. Zhongjun Kin, Chin, and colleagues at the Key Laboratory of Synthetic Biology in Shanghai chopped out the button-like centromeres that hold each stringy chromosome together and then started fusing them into one long chain. The result, organisms with eight, four, two, and even finally just one single giant chromosome. Is this a new species? It's trippy, man. Good question. Who will be the first single chromosome man? <laughs> That's a great question. This may indeed be There's the start your subhead. Of, a, of a separate man-made species. So here we are like, oh yeah, all this stuff with CRISPR is great. But they're over there in China just monkeying around with whatever they want. We've mm -hmm. entered a, a chapter in human history, Mark, where the solutions are just as dangerous as the problems. Oh my God. So the question wow. is, we're, we're now kind of at the mercy of happenstance. Oh! It's an exciting time. That's my point earlier. To be alive. Don't pick your battles. No, these battles are too big to be picked. What a soothing time to be a parent. AI, yeah. CRISPR, just well, I mean, massive. Yeah. If, if your whole life's work is to end GMOs, or whatever, modifying things genetically, you know. Hope you got an island somewhere to go live on. Because that shit's just going to happen. That's that island you just mentioned. Where was it? We drop in and... Is it the one where the guy hijacked the plane in Seattle and crashed it? <laughs> Maybe that was his goal. He's like, Christopher's coming! <gasps> Let's talk about goals, Mark. You know, I usually make you come up with a question for the tarot, but you tend to do a really bad job. <laughs> so, with your permission, I think we should ask the tarot... It's, it's, not, it's an open-ended question. You know, it's not a yes or no question, but it's, it's interpretive. How far should you push it? How close to the max should you get when you go see fish at Dick's <laughs> Sporting Goods, not one, but two nights later this month? You're going for a Friday night what are you, show. Are you talking about drugs? How far I should push it? Or just, just fun? Just how much so fun can I have? So that's where your mind goes. Just how much fun can I have? How much can I let go... And dad dance around. Yeah, I think that's the deeper question. Because, Mark, you are notoriously tight. 
you are you are wound so tight. There's so much just just coiled up. I beg to differ. Well, of course you would, Mark. But the question is, how how much should you let your guard down? How much can you unwind? How well, much should you unwind? Well, this is my so I love this question. I thought you might because it will help me have a have a, a better experience at the show. But what I need to know before we flip those cards is what are we talking about here? Because it could be milligrams of gummy bear. Oh, I see. I know you. You love those. You're into the gummy bears now. That's part of your weekend travel kit. <laughs> Only one time. Um, but what a glorious time. I'll, hey, I'll, if, let's go to Krung Bin. I'll bring you the gummies. I got plenty. All right. Mark is supplying. By then, they'll be nice and hard. You weren't well, having a... No, they won't. Will okay. they? I don't know. We'll just soak them overnight with your date water. Oh, that'll be perfect. <laughs> oh, I was having a conversation with one of those dads at the Drinking Dads. You might have heard some of it. Remember, he was, and he's like, I think of him as a medical researcher. He knows milligrams and stuff like this. Which was this? Is a he Frenchman. A, a medical researcher. He's a Frenchman. Wait, wait, wait. So he got into the biomechanics of THC and the way the body absorbs it. And yeah, he an did. edible versus, a, and it's much more body. People know this, the body high, the head high. He was saying five is plenty. Yeah, I heard that. You were. I know. Not for you, though. What are you talking about? I would never go beyond five. You have a huge tolerance. No, I don't. I have a very low tolerance. Sure. I do. Are you going to touch this or what? Yeah, but what else are we talking about? You're telling me how much should I just relax and let the evening happen? How loose do you get? Whether that's with your dancing, with your costuming... With your drug intake, you know, we'll keep alcohol on that one too. Your substance intake. Yeah, so we're thinking, give me the whole thing. We're thinking substance, garb, and expression. And just how about just jocularity with all the people around me? Just That's engaging. Expression. Just engaging. Expression. Yeah. How open are you going to be to the full experience? Of the fish dicks? Yeah. Here, touch the deck. Oh, I'll touch the deck with your uh, fish dick. Or whatever, just there. That's enough. I've touched it. I don't know why you're... You touched it. All right. What do you want me to actually do with it? Mark, two nights at Fish. How loose? Shout out if you're there. I'll be there uh, Friday and Sunday. He'll be in a blue shirt, probably crying in a ball somewhere. Nope. Depending on how this reading goes, of course. Oh, shit. Past. Yeah, this present, is... Fuck, wait a minute. This future. could ruin my show before it even happens. You're going to a Fish show, so it's... Seems kind of doomed. Uh oh. Uh oh. So we, we know what's not in the in the poll here. All right. The past is a perennial favorite on this show, the Knight of Swords. But look at that. In the past, there you are. I'm gonna take this is the Eve right here. This is you Eefing and conquering. <laughs> I love this new. Well, I just went the Eve. Well, I've noticed that when when you cast your mind back to William's days. Your posture improves. Really? Oh, yeah. You oh. seem instantly more confident, more liquid, more alive. Did I peak? I peaked there. I don't know that you peaked, but I think part of you still lives back there. Part of you yearns. Look at you. Part of you yearns for what you experience there. For that jocularity, as you call it, that camaraderie. <laughs> that high tolerance. All for, those other people who could say the word sugary sodas. jocularity with me. Yeah. People who, who could define jocularity, who could trace its roots in Latin. 
Oh, you miss that. Sometimes you cut too deep. That intellectual sweat lodge. The present. Where are we now? This is so strange. I feel like this was in your last pull too, but this is the eight of cups. With the, the cups in the foreground and the figure turning his back to us, he's cloaked in red. He looks like, it looks like there's a, a chasm filled with water separating him from his cups. Oh. And then you have a dual moon. You have a crescent moon with, a, with the face peeking out too from behind the sun's shadow. Dude, this is insane. What? Episode 136. Last episode. First card, Knight of Swords. Second card, Eight of Cups. Maybe I just didn't shuffle them very well. <laughs> Son of a bitch! What was the third card? King of Pentacles. All right, we'll see what happens when we get there. <laughs> it could just be that the universe is trying to deliver a message to you. It's boring. What was the question read. last time? I just closed it. Hold on. That's, that's interesting. I mean, it, more likely you just didn't shuffle the deck. No, the universe reshuffled it. Uh-huh. Well, see, I think this probably had... The, the reason this is card is a theme in your... <sighs> the question was, did Mark's magnet bracelet poison him? Oh, that's right. Well, see, this, this clearly pay, plays an important role in your present. These cups, perhaps these are the cups of youth. These are the cups that overflowed with that jocularity, that intellectual curiosity, uh, that joie de vivre, uh, the, uh, shit. you know, romps in the hay with the, with the crew team, the rowing team. You got maybe a first love in there, perhaps a first kiss, a first fondle. Who knows what happened back in those Eve days? <laughs> first fondle. But there it is. It's still very much in the four. But you are turning your back on it. You're trying to escape it, maybe because it brings you too much pain. The fact that it's gone in the past, you can't deal with that. And look at the moon casting you a sad, knowing gaze. Oh, Jesus. Well, Mark, the future is indeed the king of pentacles. <laughs> pick the next one. You can't. Uh... All right, we'll pick a new future card. God. You didn't. <laughs> Uh, fool me once, fool me twice. Hey, you're paying attention. <laughs> fool me three times. All right. Shoddy. So shoddy. Just such... Everywhere I go, there's just half-assery. All right, what's your favorite fish song? It's just too hard a question. Let's see. If I was at the show Friday night and they opened with this, I'd be, like, stoked. First tube. First tube? Yep. You want to hear a little of that? No, I don't. Well, actually, I do. I but I want you to sing it at the cards. I do not want it coming out of your computer. I don't, I don't think there's any I want words. your proper frequency. Hum the, hum the melody. Can't do it, huh? Oh. <laughs> no, it, it, that's not going to do it justice. Well, I hope this is going to transmit at the proper frequency. This is how the, you want your show to start. Because you know they're coming out gunning. All right, the cards are absorbing this uh, oral cacophony. When is this? Oh, this is New Year's Eve. Okay, that's plenty. <laughs> the cards have been satisfied. 2011. All right, I'm going to give them a quick shuffle and let us turn that off. 
Or I can just turn your mic off. I just want a couple notes from Trey. Oh, yeah. Boy. All right. Your, your true future. Uh-huh. The King of Pentacles. <laughs> no. It's, but it is. It, it's a recurring card. Uh, you can't escape certain cards, Mark. And one of them is the Four of Pentacles. Hmm. Where the King of Pentacles is a knightly figure in a large chair sitting on his throne, but, you know, kind of hindered by an overgrowth of ivy and greens. But bemused. He's living a lie, in a uh-huh. sense. This king is also living a lie, but look at him clutching oh, no. this pentacle to his chest. You can tell he's so focused on that pentacle that he perhaps fails to notice the pentacle perched on his head and that he is indeed standing in two puddles of pentacle as well. So what does this prescribe for you, Mark? Yeah, this is me at the fish show. Well, this could be you at the fish show. Uh-huh. This, to me, is you at the fish show if you go as your... As, your, as the self that you present in your professional life. Oh, Even sometimes on this podcast. Tightly wound, controlling. Look at that. You got your arms wrapped around tight to that pentacle and you're trying to control it. That which cannot be controlled. Trying to control and failing to realize what's happening around you. So to me, this is... But that's the card we pulled. That's how I'm going to go to the show. You, you don't understand tarot, do you, Mark? That it's willy nilly. It's more of a. It's it's not uh, a. Prescri- it's more of a. Um, it's more of a Doctor Emoto vibe. A little bit. It's not um, a prognosis. Let's say. Mm. It's just a glimpse into what could be. There's two ways you can take this. You can be like, oh, I am supposed to go to the fish show and fold my arms and be a good little oh, boy no, both no. nights and not dance and not make a fool of myself and not eat whatever he just gave me. <laughs> So there's that outcome, or there's the other outcome, which is you, you go the opposite of this. Your arms are open. Yeah. You're dripping with pentacles. You're throwing pentacles everywhere. Yeah. You're the, you're the prince of pentacles. Yeah. That's your show persona. You're the prince of pentacles. That's, a, that's like a fish song right there, prince of it pentacles. Is. So I want, here's what I want. I want you to make a t-shirt. We've talked about costume. How about a t-shirt with a pentacle on it? So How am I going to nice, make that? Oh, just you're going to buy a white T-shirt and draw it, and you're going to get a permanent marker, and you're going to draw a big pentacle. But then everybody's going to think I'm worshiping the devil. Not if they're intelligent. Yeah. How many people at a, a pentagram fish- is an upside down? Yeah, but that's like doing a swastika versus the reverse swastika, which, which is an Indian peace symbol. Nobody knows the difference. You don't think so? That's a pentacle. All right. What well, if I? Do- I can't draw that on a. That's the pentagram. I can't wait to hear how it all shook out on episode 138 of Natch, the podcast from the future. Well, the music's telling us we're done. Yes, we're done.